Welcome to Executives at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by MEF. I'm your host, Pascal Menezes. Join me as we explore thought-provoking perspectives from the leaders and changemakers who are propelling enterprise digital transformation forward. Today, I'm really excited to welcome MEF President Nan Chan to Executives at the Edge. Nan, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Let's start you telling us about your background. And you really, you know, you started MEF way back in 2001. And I'd love to hear more about that. And, uh, but let's start with your background. Thank you, Pascal. Pleasure. You know, you and I know each other for a long time and uh, great to, uh, uh, great to uh, be associated with this great organization from the start. Um, MEF obviously was uh, founded to develop carry Ethernet standards and um, has accomplished that uh, incredible uh, speed and also created a new brand new market. So which is really uh, pleased off. Um, for me personally, I felt the association has really generated a lot of buzz you know, around the industry. And I'm uh, grateful uh, to be part of this organization. And um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to go look forward to uh, lead the organization to a next level. Well, certainly, Dan, yeah, it's been quite the journey, you know, carry Ethernet from, I remember in those days with LAN Ethernet, remember 2001, and taking LAN Ethernet beyond the wide area was considered blasphemy. But yet, uh, MEF did it. $80 billion market continues to grow. It's got massive deployments worldwide. So uh, kudos to yourself. And to, and to MEF itself. So, um, Nan, you talk about, you know, that uh, it's clear that you've been involved as a leader in the industry for a very long time. Well, like, what do you see as the profound changes and that are coming and emerging? Or what have you seen, like, you know, the profound changes? Yeah, I think it's um, um, clearly the carry Ethernet is, and we create a brand new market uh, for the industry. So, on top of that, I really do see that we could do the similar uh, capabilities offered to the industry for SD-WAN and SAS combination. Yeah, I do believe the capabilities uh, we're creating here, standardized capabilities, to really allow to, to deliver end-to-end -end services across the entire world and with all our members to be able to offer that services uniformly. Okay. And we just heard that from your opening, opening plenary keynote here in Miami, you tell us some of the accomplishments that you know, MEF has really done. Um, could you articulate that maybe? Yeah, sure, Pascal. Um, here in Miami, I had a pleasure to speak uh, to MEF members about the organization's accomplishment. I'm really excited to announce the board uh, has just approved the new uh, SASE service standards and zero trust framework. MEF. 117 and 111, uh, 118. The standards are the first of the kind in the industry. You know, really uh, kind of remind me of the carry Ethernet standard when they first came out. So they actually exampled how MEF filled a gap in the industry. Uh, in this case, for enterprise and in security area, the new SaaS standards and zero trust framework provide common language and the definitions to help enterprises to compare Apple to Apple's for SASE services. For service and technology providers, they help accelerate market growth and adoption of SASE and services and SD-WAN as well. 
Um, soon, MapStasy certification will set provider apart by demonstrating the conformance to the fundamental performance requirement. The second accomplishment I uh, discussed uh, in Miami is around LSO automation. We've seen significant adoption of uh, Sonata APIs for inter-provider business automations. We're now focused on delivering the new LSO in operational APIs, uh, more payload over the next several months. We have already delivered many valuable business APIs and in the coming month, we'll roll out, rolling out operational APIs and payloads. This will allow the MEF members to deliver truly cloud-like customer experiences, real-time dynamic services across automated ecosystem. We have another release um, coming at the end of the year with more SDKs, and most will be available by June release, uh, which should complete most of the operational APIs and payloads. And the uh, third accomplishment uh, I talked about was around expanding ecosystems and communities within MEF. Uh, if you look at <clears throat> if you look at the makeup of our members joining MEF, and for example, the type of companies and leaderships on our tab and, and technology uh, um, advisory board. It is exciting to see the expansion. For example, we have many new companies joining from various geographical regions around the world, LATAM, Asia, Middle East, Africa, Europe. In addition, we see companies joining to help speed up LSO API automations as LSO solution providers. And we have companies like those on our tab joining SASE, Zero Trust, and Secure SD-WAN standard adoptions. So a lot of great things happening in math. Yeah, that is for sure. So maybe I should just uh, summarize what you just said. I think those are a lot of words. <laughs> uh, I think number one, SASE and Zero Trust, first industry standards. We did it for SD-WAN, and you know, it really starts to help the industry to get to that common language which is really neat. Now that SD-WAN is about 10 years old, but I think SASE is pulling all SD-WAN in now. So, you know, SASE is, is, the, is the new kid on the block. Everybody's caring about cybersecurity and SD-WAN is the connectivity part to it. And I think SASE and Zero Trust has lacked definition. There was the Gartner 2019 people that came out that really got the noise going. And then the pandemic came and made it even more important. But there's really never been a definition of what it is. So I think that the market's very confused. What exactly is SaaS? And I think what we've done in MEF 117 and 118 is very powerful. And I think it's going to get that common language vocabulary, at least to start with, common language vocabulary and so on, that everybody can get in the same boat, roll the same way, and compares apples to apples, okay? And I think they can lots and lots of differentiation on top. So do, do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but the standards are really setting the foundation, the baseline That's for right. interoperability. That's right. That's exactly right, the baseline. And then the second one, I think what's really happened is you cannot, you cannot really do a service today if you're not cloud-like and experienced. So automation has become a must-have. You're not going to have people behind the scenes trying to make it look like real-time. So you're going to have the machines do that. And I think what we've done in MEF is really, really incredible. We've delivered the full life cycle of the business APIs and the operational APIs. And they completely automate everything from a quote to an order 
to basically all the operational aspects of service OEM and sort of testing the service to finally, you know, doing a bill invoice and settlement. So, I mean, I left a whole bunch of stuff out, but, you know, get the, the gist of it. And I think also, since you can quote order on anything, uh, we built them the TM4 APIs and we really made them super high fidelity, super high interoperability. And, and then we created all these payloads for services definitions, you know, all like not just carry Ethernet, Internet, but SD-WAN, SASE, and even other payloads uh, for, that we don't even describe. So that has created this whole federated, you know, plug once, you know, or build once and, and deploy anywhere. Almost like what Kubernetes and containers did, you know, for clouds. It's the same idea. You build the APIs once and you can use it for all kinds of product and services and it fits in the federated ecosystem, right? So would you agree with that? Yeah, I think um, that's, uh, I have to say, um, you know, kudos to the technical committee and to your leadership, uh, Pascal in terms of really guiding the organization uh, from te technical perspective to deliver something like that and, and really help the industry to converge on, on an automation and on the operational aspect of the uh, delivery services end-to-end. -end. Uh, clearly, it's a really important uh, step for us to achieve the end-to-end uh, the -end automation across the globe. Yeah, thanks, Dan. And I think also to, to add to that, we're getting a significant adoption projected out you know, to 2023 and 23, I think somewhere around 60, 70 operators. And I think today it's like 24 operators in production. So we mean, really gain that adoption up. And with that adoption, we'll drive all kinds of new use cases because we have that extensibility on the APIs. So I think the last one you talked about was community. And I think that you, you hit it on right. You know, We brought that technology advisory board. They have brought so much value. We have an incredible board of directors, including yourself. And luminaries, you know, people have been around who are running multi-billion dollar businesses. They know what's going on in the industry. And between their technology suppliers, which is technology advisory boards, and these boards of directors who are running these service provider businesses, I think we really come together and put that cohesiveness of, you know, strategy and thinking in place of how can we become impactful to the industry, right? So I think that's that's really brilliant. And obviously, you know, what we've done in all the other areas of the world have been phenomenal too. And you know, bringing the rest of the world is very, very important. So, so I think kudos to, to all of the membership and to the leadership yourself, the board and the tab and so on. So thank you. Did I recap that right then? Yeah, I think one of the um, most satisfying experience has been that you attracting additional set of members, not only the same membership, you know, typically grow with the technologies and, and the service providers around the world, but also the fact that there's a new type of members start joining and uh, to be able to really help us to, uh, to converge in terms of uh, delivering the services. So it's um, very, very satisfying to see that. So I want to just switch, switch a little bit to, now you are head of the One Network Solutions at Ericsson, right? And you know, we've talked a lot about the MEF and all the great stuff we've been doing. But, you know, you're also an industry leader right now working on the 5G space. And I think a lot of our listeners want to know what's going on, what's happening in the space. And is there a demand for fixed wireless access, you know, 5G? I, I'm, I'm a big proponent. I think, you know, shipping loops through our APIs and shipping these fixed wireless access loops through our APIs from across the ecosystem is powerful because, I mean, see, I don't have to wait for a you know, laterally built in or, you know, any coppers to be turned up. Or literally, they just ship a modem out and within days it 
connects a tower and up of Gil and get a local loop. I think it's powerful. I've been reading a number of articles about people talking about this. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, so I, look, let me shut up. <laughs> what are the use cases on 5G? Yeah, you know, you hit it right on. I think the, um, uh, the fixed wireless access has been tremendous success for uh, use cases for 5G. And then, you know, OR service provider members uh, with uh, wireless offerings has really taken that as, as a first step to leverage 5G. You know, I have a personal experience with, uh, you know, fixed wireless access. Uh, I'm one of the first, uh, uh, I guess, individual or housing that got installed for fixed wireless uh, way back when. So it's, um, it truly is a huge advancement in, in terms of uh, getting you know, close to a gigabit per second or some even over gigabit per second to your house. You know, aside from fiber, you really kind of hard to get to that kind of speed in the consistent on the consistent basis. So that's a one area I think 5G uh, feels like people deliver on the promise of 5G. And the other area in terms of 5G, unlike any other G in the past, has the ability to deliver you know, differentiated services, yeah. uh, which is really important you know, in terms of uh, going forward and uh, with the different applications demanding a different uh, requirement, uh, both from you know performance perspective and the security perspective. And the 5G had that ability to deliver you know, slicing. Uh, uh, clearly, that's uh, been uh, talked about by the industry. But the key there is really deliver according to application requirement. That's actually hasn't really been done in the past. This is the first time we have the tools and also the capabilities deliver that so that would generate an incredible application of a new type of um, 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 uh, use cases like XR and, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also even in traditional sense where you deliver productivity, um, you know, so packages, for example, you know, Teams and Zooms and BlueJeans and, and WebExes, those could be potentially be have a 5G in a different category or different, you know, uh, priority than you know some of the emails and and web surfing, and uh, you know, and then you can have even higher uh, uh, priorities with uh, with XR application. So five G, um, like I mentioned, uh, unlike any other G, offer tremendous uh, potential uh, for the industry. Yeah, I think it's well said, man. I think what I what I see is that we finally got to the technology and wireless where we can simulate a fiber like quality and still allow to have differentiated services through slicing, like you said. So applications like IoT or very sensitive, you know, uh, AIMLs that, you know, has to be very low latencies. Um, and then there has to be high availabilities, you know, so you can have a lot of packet drops. So, I mean, that's, you know, the, the Wi-Fi is kind of what we got used to and it replaced LAN Ethernet and you saw Wi-Fi, but it's not very reliable, you know. But now at 5G, it's built for reliability, fiber-like quality, and now you're seeing that come into the into the private 5G, into the into the various industrial applications with robots and manufacturing and smart warehouses and so on, uh, who can't who can't rely on Wi-Fi. They need to have some wireless technology that's fiber-like in quality. So, so I think it's you know 5G is going to play a significant role everywhere, and it's so great to having your your uh, Nan. Um, not only are you being the founder of MEF and saw all these visions, you know, for 20 plus years, 
but now you've got this great role in Ericsson and you're going to drive, I'm sure, some great impact into the industry. So yeah. thank you for attending this, uh, this episode. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Pascal. Looking forward to uh, together with the members and yourself. We uh, continue to drive my forward. I'm excited about the future of math and in the industry.